All right, everyone. Good evening and welcome to the Bible study tonight. We are continuing on in our study, Basics for Bible Believers. We're going to be covering lesson number nine tonight. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, the point that we've made it up to, we, we covered last time a couple of points. And uh, the ones we covered last time were uh, after salvation, and uh, which covered baptism and then communion, the Lord's Supper. And so we covered those last time. Now we've made it up to, um, uh, let's see here, which number are we up to? Uh, number nine, which is tell the good news. And so this is where we'll start tonight, to tell the good news. And we're going to be in Mark chapter uh, 5 and verse 20. Uh, we'll start out tonight. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. All right. So if you've got your Bible there, uh, we'll be in Mark chapter number 5 and verse number 20. Mark chapter number 5. That's in your New Testament. So if you go to the New Testament, you have Matthew. The next, uh, the next book is Mark. Matthew chapter number Sorry, Matthew first, and then Mark chapter number 5. So as Bible-believing Baptists, uh, we are evangelistic in nature. Uh, once a person gets saved, uh, he should naturally want to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ at salvation. Uh, it just comes in your heart. Uh, if you uh, look at Mark chapter 5, uh, and look at... Um, uh, we'll back up and... The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, we said verse 20, but let's get a bit of the context so we'll back up. And the Bible says that, uh, verse number 18, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home. Now this is the maniac of Gadara, and Jesus Christ cast out those uh, unclean spirits and uh, was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And he wanted to be with Jesus. Verse 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and had hath compassion on thee. And he departed, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Amen. So that's, the, uh, that's the, the response after you get saved, especially when you get converted from a life like the maniac of Gadara did, where he was cutting himself and had his dwelling among the tombs and uh, was in a very bad way. And some of, those, some of you have got those testimonies where you were in the world and in the gutter. Uh, some, the Bible says the Lord's able to save to the uttermost uh, those that come unto God by him. Uh, but somebody's one preacher rearranged that and said to the guttermost. Amen. Some of you, he dragged out of the gutter. I'm one of them. Amen. And God dragged me out and saved my soul uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, what do you do? It gives, a, it gives you a good testimony to be able to say what great things the Lord hath done for thee. Amen. So you begin to publish and tell others what Jesus Christ, how great he is and what he's done for you. Amen. One sure way to know that God is real, you say what? It's the evidence of a changed life. Uh, no no uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, no psychiatrist, nobody else has enjoyed uh, and seen the fruits of Jesus Christ's ministry when he saves a sinner from hell. Amen. He's able to change. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is unto. Amen. Now you got your Bible there in the New Testament. Continue to turn to your right to the book of Acts, chapter number 4. Acts, chapter number 4. Acts, chapter number 4. 
The Bible says in Acts chapter number 4, if you got the Bible there, in verse number 20. The Bible says, we'll get a bit of the context. The Bible says in verse 17, but that it spread, this is the disciples, and it says, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Uh, listen, that's still what happens today when you begin to witness for Christ. You say, what happens? They will threaten you. Uh, how many times have I been threatened on the street and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen. You remember that blind man that they investigated him and uh, the, uh, the Pharisees and they were going to put him out of the synagogue, the parents. And uh, the, they asked the parents, was this man born blind? They said, he was blind. He was born blind. And uh, they were trying to look for a way out to discredit uh, the miracle that Jesus Christ uh, did on him, uh, that did, did on that blind man. And uh, I like what the blind man said to him. You can go over there and look at it. But he said, uh, he said I've already a you've asked me about this and I've told you once, once I was blind, whereas I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Once I was blind, but now I see. Amen. And so now that you were once blind and now you see, and he said, uh, he was a bit of a smart aleck, and he said, you've asked me all these. He said, will you now be his disciples? Oh, and they rebuked him and reviled him. And you say, why is that? Uh, because he could not help but to speak and testify of what happened to him. Uh, can you imagine being blind your whole life from birth, and then here comes Jesus, and then heals you and you see for the very first time? Listen, friend, if you were lost, that's exactly what happened to you when you, were, when you got saved. You were blind your entire life. You say, by, by who? How? But what do you mean? I could see the trees. I could see uh, what was going on. You couldn't see spiritually. And the Bible says, The God of this world hath blinded the mind, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. My friend, when you were lost, you were blind. But now you have the testimony of that blind man that was healed. And you say, what was that? Uh, whereas I, I know this, that once I was blind, but now I see. Now listen, if Jesus did that kind of miracle on that blind man, you say, what happened? He couldn't keep his mouth shut. You say, why? Everybody he met, uh, wherever, he, wherever he went to, say, what happened? He wanted to tell them about Jesus Christ, just like the disciples. Verse 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen? You can't help it. When you get saved, you want to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ and tell the good news. I know, the, I know when I got saved, I couldn't wait to tell my parents how Jesus Christ had saved me. I couldn't wait to tell my friends. I couldn't wait to tell my family. Now, they didn't all take it very well, and I was very zealous. Um, but over time, and, and with a good testimony, uh, many of them trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved and saw the light as well. Amen? Uh, but here in Acts chapter 4 and verse 20, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Listen, when you get saved, you can't help it. The, the good news comes naturally to you. Amen? And uh, look over at Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. So if you open your Bible right in the middle, you'll be in Psalms. And if you go to the next book to your right, uh, you'll be in Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs. Psalms is in the middle of your Bible. And then you go right, uh, directly to your right. 
Psalms, Proverbs. We'll be in Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. As you're turning there, I'll, I'll remind you, and I know we got a few tuned in. I'm excited. Uh, I think on Wednesday night our sound got cut out, but uh, I'm excited. Now, after four weeks, we're able to meet uh, again, and we've, uh, the Lord has secured and got us the hall uh, there in Des Moines. And so it's Canada Bay Civic Center, and we'll be able to meet there on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school and uh, 11 a.m. for morning service. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm rejoicing together. Now, the children's Sunday school won't be uh, held during this time until we can get the lay of the land there at the hall, but looking forward to that. Amen. Looking forward to it greatly. So many of you have been praying, and we're able now to meet back together here um, will be the 20... Uh, what, what, what is today? The 22nd. So uh, the 24th of October. That's nearly six weeks ahead of uh, what they were projected at December 1. So I glorify the Lord and thank God for that. Amen. So we praise the Lord. All right. So now if you've got your Bible there, Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Don't mind the dog. He's... He's something's got him stirred up and he's barking, so we're trying to get him quietened down. Proverbs chapter number 11 and verse number 30. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Amen. Every believer, when you get saved, is to be a soul winner. Every believer and a faithful witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible, I'll read it again, is such a good verse. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Now, if, if you got your Bible there, continue over to Acts chapter number 1. Back to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. Acts chapter 1. And verse number 8. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. I'll give you a moment to get there. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so every believer is to be a soul winner and a faithful witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's where I want to make a note to you and let you know something. The way you witness to someone, the way I witness to someone, may be completely different. You may not have an Apostle Paul experience on the road to uh, Damascus. You may not have the maniac of Gadara's testimony, but you've got your testimony. The Apostle Paul said in one place, he said, I am what I am uh, by the grace of God. And you say, uh, what, what are you getting at, preacher? Well, when you witness to someone and give them the gospel, the gospel doesn't change. It's the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, God the Father raised him from the dead. His, he became sin for us who knew no sin. The Bible says the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. And uh, as you present the gospel and give the gospel, um, the, the truth of the gospel has to be in there. But the way you present that doesn't always have to match exactly the way I do it or a program you read or the way somebody else did it um, because the Lord will use you as an individual. 
So let the Lord use you. Let the Lord use you as you witness for Him. Make sure all the right uh, parts of the gospel are there. Amen? Don't leave any of that out. But the rest of it, the way you explain it, the way you uh, give it to someone, doesn't have to match exactly the way somebody else does it. Amen? So Scripture teaches us to go and tell, like we saw in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Uh, the Bible says, The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. A witness. And so uh, you say, what do we call it? We're witnessing for Christ. You go on the street. You, you may do it uh, at your work. You may do it at your um, relative's house. And you say, what do you do? You are being a witness for Jesus Christ. Just like it said in Acts chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, We can't but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They were witnesses. Uh, look back in, in Acts chapter 1, and um, the Bible tells us as well, earlier in the chapter in Acts chapter 1, uh, the Bible says there that, um, let's see, let me get the right reference here. No, that's not the one I was looking for. Uh, I believe it's, it's over in 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible, where the Bible talks about eyewitnesses of His majesty. And uh, I was just going to give you that one. But they were eyewitnesses. And uh, they, they knew what the Lord had done for them, and they wanted to be a witness for Christ. They witnessed something. Uh, amen? And so they want to do that, to, and that's what we want to do. We want to go and tell what God has done for us. But even common sense mandates that a child of God will want to share the most important event of his life or her life. You want to share that and let people know what happened to you, what the change is all about. Amen? And uh, some people will... will if, you live, are you, if you're living a Christian life, it won't take long in your workplace for people to notice. It won't take long for the clubs and associations you belong to. Once you get saved and you start living for Christ, it won't take long for people to notice that something has changed with you. And when they say, man, you're just not the same, that gives you an open door to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, there are many ways to present the gospel to someone. And now the most, the most popular, I would say, is the Romans Road. And this, this is a method that uses, the ver uses verses from the book of Romans. And uh, in particular, let's, let's go through a few of those now. Look at Romans chapter number 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 is the first place we'll go. We'll look at a few of these. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Many of you that if you're here tonight and joining us and you've been saved, many of you went through these verses um, the, the day, the hour that you trusted Christ. And you say, what is, it, what is the purpose? It's to, the old saying is you've got to get someone lost before you, they can get saved. You've got to show them their condition, reveal to them their condition. And that's what Jesus Christ said when He came. He said, I came that you'd have no cloak for your sin. And He said, now that I'm come, you can't hide. And uh, you say, why? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. When He comes, uh, He sh sheds light on it. And you say, why do men not like Him? Because men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So if you've got your Bible there, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, on down the chapter, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23.
For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, uh, you say, what does that do? That tells you there that there's none righteous. There's none righteous in, in uh, verse number 10. And then there's, the Bible says in verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They've fallen short. And uh, carrying on, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The Bible says in Romans, actually back up to Romans chapter 5. I'm getting ahead of myself. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. A lot of the times people will tell you that um, one of the blocks for them getting saved, and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm, just not, I'm, just not, um, I'm just not ready because I need to get some things right in my life. And that's a lie from the devil. The devil tries to convince people if they can just get a few things right, then after they get those few things right, then they'll get saved. And, you know, we'll you'll turn over a good new leaf and... You'll start giving to the United Fund, and you can give to this charity and that charity and World Vision, and you start doing some good things and treating your wife right and your, uh, your kids and husband, and on down the list, it'll never end. Because morality won't save you. Amen? You could be moral and perfect until the day that you die and still go to hell from this point. Why? Because of the sins you committed in the past. And so the Bible says there in verse number 8, but God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? And so part of that Romans road is understanding that Jesus Christ died for you presently, the way you are, the condition you're in. He didn't expect you and want you to get this right and that right. He said, right now you can be saved uh, right where you are, right as whatever part of life you're in and what season you're in. Uh, it's not time to get things cleaned up and do this and do that. Now that comes after salvation. Amen. Alright, Romans chapter 6 verse 23. We'll just quickly go over these verses. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The Bible says, right across from Romans 5, 8, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so um, the Bible tells us there the wages of sin is death. And if you continue uh, as a sinner, and you can tell this to folks as well, if they continue as a sinner in the condition they're in and they're working for those wages, say, so what's going to happen? Death. If you work a wage and you go to, go to work at a job, uh, at the end of a fortnight, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, you get paid. Well, at the end of your uh, existence here on earth, you get paid. You say, what is that? Death. The wages of sin is death. Now, I'm glad that the Bible says, but, amen, that's a big word in the Bible there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it shows us as well that a gift is something that's not a bribe. A gift is something that comes without strings attached. Amen. That's a true gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 and verse 16. That was Jesus Christ. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? And so, continuing on, and, and by the way, you can cross-reference that uh, verse, uh, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 with uh, Revelation chapter 20, uh, verse uh, 14 and 15, which says, uh, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And so we understand that the wages of sin is death. That's the first death. The second death is an, uh, a spiritual, eternal death. Amen? 
And so um, that's, that's something to take note of. Now, continuing on, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so the, the Bible goes on and just puts the blueprint there for you. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, notice the heart, the heart, the heart keeps getting mentioned. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the Lord's interested. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Uh, God's looking at you, looking at uh, the way a sinner's coming in his heart. Amen? And uh, if you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that God hath raised him from the dead, and you believe unto righteousness in verse 10 with your heart, uh, the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. Thanks be to God. Now continue down to verse number 13. For whosoever then, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How about that? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that the, you say that's the crowning jewel. That's the final step. And you've known all the facts. You've presented all the facts and been presented with the facts. And you say, what's the last thing? To call on the Lord Jesus Christ and ask Him to save you. Amen? Amen. And so, I, I encourage you to mark these, mark these verses down. Put a cross-reference there. Uh, one leads to another and, and put the references down so you can go back between them and, and help a sinner uh, to do that, to get to Jesus Christ. And listen, I strongly encourage, and I don't practice it myself, I, I strongly encourage you to never lead someone in a repeated prayer. It's not a good idea. That's a bad idea. If the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with someone about salvation, then that person, and that person is serious about being saved, um, they will pray in their own words. They should be able to pray in their own words the best way they know how. And that's what you encourage them to do. When they get to the point they want to call on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, you say, just talk to the Lord like He was right here with you. Bow your head, close your eyes, help Him to focus, and say, call upon the name of the Lord just like He's right here. Amen? And you say, well, they might not say the exact right words. Well, I, I, one thing I practice, if the, if the right confession, if it's not focused just exactly right, I, I, when they finish, I'll, I'll question them. And I'll say, well, did, did you call on the name of the Lord? Did you do this? Did you do that? And they say, oh, I forgot to do that. And I said, that's okay. We can bow our head and you can, you can continue on in prayer. The Lord, the Lord doesn't mind. And uh, if they've messed something up or... See, now you're, you are... You're sort of like the doctor bringing the baby into the world. You're birthing this, this spiritual baby into the world. And so um, they still use doctors, midwives, and, and very highly trained professionals to do this. He that winneth souls is wise. You have to use wisdom. And, and, but give them a chance to cry out to God from their heart. Amen? Don't just blah, 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 blah. Write down the list and, and tick all the boxes. Uh, someone's heart may not be in that. Amen? 
and it'll help you as a soul winner and as guide because it'll tell you, see, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. And if it's not in their heart to get saved, you'll be able to pick up on that when they start saying, uh, Lord, help me not to hit my wife anymore. Help me to be a better father. Lord, help me to do this. You can see that something in your explanation of salvation, something wasn't right in their understanding, and then you have to go back, you see. You don't have to make a big deal about it, but you have to go back and then explain that a little more uh, expertly and, and dwell on some things and explain some things to them. They may not be doing it in malice. That just shows you out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And may, they may just be repeating after you to get you off their back. And that's easy to do. That doesn't come from the place of the heart. That comes from the mind. That just comes from uh, repeating a prayer. You don't want that as a soul winner. Amen? You want someone, because the Bible says, Thou shalt believe in thine heart. It's with them. And shall, uh, that God hath raised him from the dead. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? And... Um, now, it's certainly right for you to guide them. Um, you don't want to necessarily them repeating a prayer, uh, but you want them to be able to pray in their own words the best they know how. They want to, they want, you want them to come to Jesus Christ the best way they know how, and you want to fill in the blanks for them so they know how. Amen? Now, it's certainly right for you to guide them through the Scriptures. Look at Acts. Because some people get real funny about this, and, and they try to, try to say that, uh, you know, just... Upon realization of them understanding the facts of the gospel, they're automatically saved. That does not match the Bible. That does not match the scriptures. Uh, listen, there's plenty of Pharisees that heard Jesus Christ preach and never got saved. There's plenty of people that heard the Apostle Paul preach and understood what he said and understood that God had raised him from the dead. But they didn't believe in their heart. And if, they, if they, they did have some belief in their heart that he was right, listen, you can believe all the right things. And they never called on the name of the Lord to save them. They're still damned and they were still lost. Because that's the Lord's standard. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It takes humility. Uh, it takes admitting that you are wrong and God is right. Amen. And so the gospel's not the the salvation's not complete until it's so. Uh, look at Acts chapter number eight. This is this is a good example that we have in the Bible. Acts chapter number eight and verse number thirty-one. And you say, who was this? This was Philip. He was a preacher, man. Uh, he was an evangelist. The Bible calls him. And uh, the Lord had sent him down to the desert. And look at verse number um, twenty-eight. This is where he spied the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, the Lord sent him down into the desert in verse number 26. And verse 27, he says, And he arose, back up to verse 27, He arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah as the prophet. So he's down in the middle of the desert, and here's Philip. God sent him there. In verse 29, Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. You know the Lord still works like that today. The Lord, the Lord hasn't changed His methods. He uses one individual to reach another individual with the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. 
And you say, how does he do it? He'll convict your heart and the Spirit of God. Look, the Bible says, then the Spirit said unto Philip. The Bible doesn't tell you that there was a voice there. The Spirit spoke to him, but it's something he sensed in himself. A lot of people start talking about, I heard this voice and I heard that voice. You better watch it when you start talking about voices. Uh, but the Bible says there, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. You're, you've been saved any amount of time. The Lord speaks to you walking out of the shop somewhere. And you've got a gospel track burning a hole in your pocket. And the Lord says, Right there, that's the one I want you to give it to. Never, never, not a word has been spoken. The Spirit of God speaks to you and says, Right there, that's where I want you to go. That's who I want you to witness to. And you say, Lord, look at, look at them. They got... They got an earring in their eye, uh, their their eyebrow. They got uh, a, a stud in their nose and a stud in their tongue. And, and this ring's connecting, you know, it's like connect the dots on their face. And Lord, they don't want to hear it. Uh, well, I didn't ask you your opinion, boy. I said to go witness to that one. And you say, why? Well, the Bible says the Lord cared for their soul and died for their soul. And I had a man that dressed like that, became, that got saved. He was in witchcraft and got saved. A friend of mine, Brother Earl Ankrum, and uh, he said all of that stuff that they put on, all that black garb, all of those studs and earrings and all of that lavish, that outlandish stuff that they do. You say, what, what is that? He said himself coming from that. He said, that's a cry for help. That is them crying out for attention. And they want, they want answers. They want light and truth. Now, they won't say that with the outside, and they won't say that with their mouth, but in their heart, they're scared to death. They're scared to death. And so don't discredit someone because of the way they dress or act or because they're a different culture than you. Look, look at Philip. Philip was there witnessing to someone. He didn't know if the guy could speak to him in his, his language or not. He was an Ethiopian eunuch, uh, different color skin, different, uh, different way of travel there. Uh, maybe, maybe this uh, Ethiopian was considered... A part of the, can you imagine going up to uh, someone of the entourage of the United Nations and here in Australia, and you met them, and God said, "Go preach to that one." Uh, can you imagine the disparity from coming from a royal position almost and a, a high position, and the disparities there between Philip, just a common person, and here here he is, a treasurer under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And the race was different, the, the staff, uh, class was different, but God still said, go witness to him, go tell him, amen? The Spirit said, Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. The, question, the problem is, a lot of us are not listening, amen? When the Lord says that, you put that voice down, and that, that, uh, that Spirit, the Lord's talking to you, and you put it away. Verse 30, and Philip ran thither to him, and heard him, verse 30, Read Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest what thou readest? In verse 31, And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip, that he would come and sit with him. In verse 32, The place of the Scripture, Listen, if you're going to lead someone to Christ, you need the Scripture. Amen? All Scripture is given by inspiration, and is profitable. Amen? You say, Where is it? Right there. You need the Scripture. And the Bible says the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken, his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, 
Of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Amen. And the thing that uh, we wanted to point out is in verse 31. And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? It's not wrong to be a soul winner. Uh, a lot of people despise the term soul winner. They despise the term, but it's just a guide. You're just there to guide someone uh, to safe harbor in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not there to twist their arm. Boy, I've been around some soul winners that have twisted the arms uh, of, uh, of sinners, and they've twisted them and said, uh, you know, the wrong, they said the wrong things, you know, and uh, they've twisted their arm, and, and that's not what you're about. You're there to give them the facts and give them the truth and guide them along there with the Holy Spirit of God will, will lead and guide into all truth. Amen? And he'll do the convicting. I've seen some people try to put conviction on someone as a person. That conviction will, will not help them get saved. You say, why? It's man-made. You say, what do you need? You need the Holy Spirit of God's conviction to be, to be shed abroad in their heart so that they will trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God just uses you as a guide. Amen? And so, you try your best as a soul winner to answer their questions but allow them to pour their own heart out to God when, when the, the, the time comes for them to pray. Amen? Now, no matter how you choose to witness, you should always pray and ask God for help and guidance as you try to lead others to Jesus Christ. Some have become so programmed to a formula that they leave no room for the Holy Spirit of God to lead and instruct. The Lord can do a better job than you and I can. Amen. You and I must strive to be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit of God as you try to do eternal and spiritual work. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? What I mean by that is if you sense in your spirit that the Lord, the, that the Lord is not working on the heart of this person, you are not to push and prod and just try to overly do it. Now, you may... You may Try to, try to nudge a little bit to get them back on track to do something there. And that, but just be careful in your zeal that you don't lead someone in a false prayer and, and, and give them a false sense of security to get them off of your back because you're pressuring them with false, with, with false um, conviction of your own making and they're not ready to be saved. You have to be careful and be sensitive. You're doing the Lord's work. It's eternal, and it's a spiritual work. Amen? Now, as you begin to witness and you learn to witness, when possible, it's always good, especially in Australia, to develop a rapport with a person before hitting them cold turkey. Now, that's not always possible. That's not always possible. Uh, you say, what do you mean? There are times when you must take advantage of the only opportunity you're going to have uh, with some individuals. And you see, what is that? You're out on the street or you're walking down the road to somewhere and you're just getting gospel track out uh, and you, you want to be a witness. The Lord tells you in particular to witness to someone. Maybe they're sitting on a park bench or doing something. Take advantage of that time. Listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We call them divine appointments because you don't know what's in that sinner's life. Just as the person that led you to Christ didn't know what was in your life and in your heart, but the Lord did. And the Lord brings those two parties together. You see what the Lord did here in Acts chapter 8? God took Philip out of a revival taking place and sent him into the desert. 
And he went into the desert and spied a chariot. And God said, go join yourself to that chariot. And you say, what, what did God do? God brought together the, 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 those two parties. It was a divine appointment. God orchestrated it. But if Philip wouldn't have been listening, that sinner would have went on in his way and been damned and doomed for hell. And you say, that's a heavy burden to lay on us, Pastor. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with you. The Apostle Paul said, I'm, I'm clear and free from the blood of all men. He preached the gospel. He listened. And that's quite a testimony. And I don't think he was a liar. He, he preached the gospel uh, when God gave him opportunity. And uh, he was, he, his hands were clean from the blood of all men. I, I can't give you that testimony. There's been times when I've quenched the Spirit and I didn't do as the Lord instructed me to do for a witness. And I'll have to answer for that one day. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have to... I may be there at the, the white throne judgment condemning them when they stand up and say, you could have told me you had opportunity and didn't take it. Mm-mm. I'm not looking forward to that. And so, if you get opportunity, the Bible says uh, to, to witness, amen, and redeem the time. So, but what I mean by building rapport is, is uh, you know, if you're walking into someone's yard and... Uh, maybe you're door knocking. You say, man, that's some nice grass. Find something you can compliment them on. Uh, the Bible says to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Uh, you, you, you're not going in there. You're, you're going in to talk to someone. Find a compliment. Find something you can do uh, to strike up. Uh, find out what they do for a living. Uh, find out um, something. You can get some kind of common ground. Build a little bit of rapport. And then pray the whole time that God will open a door of utterance for you to witness to them. And you'll be amazed how God will do that. And say, oh, but this, 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 um, they might say, oh, the, the weather, it's so hot out here. And some people, I've heard them say it, and I've used this as an opportunity. Some people say, man, it's hot as hell out here. No, actually, I, I have to disagree with you on that. And they said, oh, yeah, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says it's a place of burning, and you know, of course, straight away, their eyes get big. It's a place of burning torments where the fire is not quenched. One day, this, this, the sun's going to go down and, uh, in a few hours, and it's going to cool off here. But in hell, the, it never relents. It's, it's everlasting. And, and, uh, but you, can, and you, you don't just leave them hanging in the lurch, you know. They're doomed and damned for hell. You give them the, the truth. But there's a way out. His name is Jesus Christ. See, I said all that in about 20 seconds. And you can build a little bit of rapport uh, as you begin to witness. Now, not everyone will be responsive. Now, if you come across a, a hard case um, who refuses to listen and doesn't want to hear what you have to say, uh, you know what you have to do? Be courteous. Be courteous. There's going to be people that are going to uh, spit when you say the name Christian or Christ or, or try to witness for Him. And you say, what do you have to do? You need to learn to be courteous Offer a gospel track if the Lord leads you to do so, and go on your way. Uh, look over at Mark chapter number. This is a hard thing to do for uh, some of you young blokes that get saved, and you want to uh, be very zealous for the Lord. You want to just keep pushing and keep going, and uh, you got something to prove. And boy, if I ever, I know what that's like. Uh, I've been at, been at the point of being beat up at the at a door before uh, in Western Sydney because I kept pushing a fellow that said no several times. And I've burdened for his soul, but, it, but he said no. And listen, the Bible has a standard for us. And you say, what is it? An heretic after the first and second admonition reject. And that, 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 all, that pattern also fits for one-on-one -on -one witnessing. If they say no twice, 
take a hint and say, that's, that's okay. That, thank you for your time. Leave a good taste in their mouth. Be courteous. Leave them a gospel track. Uh, pique their interest by saying, are you open-minded? And that most people respond and say, yes, I'm open-minded. Say, well, if you're open-minded, would you, would you read this gospel track and ask God to... You say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, even more the reason. You don't believe in God? Pray and ask God to give you open your understanding. Pray and ask God if this is the truth to give it to you. You think that's a fair bet? Uh, and your soul's in the balance? And some people, most people say, I'm open-minded, and they'll agree to that. When they wouldn't agree to hearing you out and hearing you preach the gospel, but they'll take a gospel track that way. Amen? And uh, it's better, if you've, if you've given it twice and they've rejected, it's better to leave with a good taste in their mouth that you just didn't, because you're not going to do any good by, you know, putting your foot down their throat and breaking it off so they have a bad taste. No, you don't want that. Mark chapter number 6 and verse 11. Mark chapter 6 and verse 11. The Bible says, And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony. Remember, God's, God, it's very important to the Lord, your testimony and the testimony of that witness. Shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony. Remember, God is very, uh, uh, very much in pictures and allegories and things like that. He said, shake your dust, the, off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. The same thing works for an individual. The, that You say, why? Because God goes back to judgment and reminds you that they're going to stand before Him one day in judgment. And you say, what, what will happen? When they get brought up, the, the Lord, the Lord uh, brings the evidence out. One day they're going to stand before Him in judgment. The Bible says there in Mark chapter 6. And when they do, this is going to be played before them at, at that time that they're going to say, No one ever told me. No one ever gave a chance for me to get saved. And the Lord said, I, I orchestrated a divine appointment. I moved heaven and earth to get this preacher to, to you that day. You spat in their face. You rejected the gospel track. I've had them tear up gospel tracks and throw them in the air. I've had them shove it in their mouth and chew it up and look at me with cross eyes and spit it out on the ground in front of me. Um, just, I've had them act and behave that way. You say, what's going to happen? One day, and I'm not looking forward to it, folks. I'm not, I don't relish this thought. But one day, God will bring that up before them and say, my faithful witness was there to give you the truth and give you the gospel. You chewed it up and spat it out and mocked God. And... The Bible says that the whole world's going to become guilty before God. You're part of that process. You're part of them hearing the truth. You may be one of ten that God sends in their lifetime. You may be the only one. That's all God's, um, that's all God's entitled to, to give them is just to give them the one chance. And you may be that only one that gives them the truth of the gospel. And, um, but, and just think about that as you, as you go on your way. Try to be a witness for Christ. Amen. Now, also, don't assume a person is saved just because they go to church. Listen, I've, I've asked people, are you saved? Do you know where you'll spend eternity? Uh, and, and they'll say, well, I go to church. I go to such and such church. I go to St. Michael's or St. Benedict's or uh, St. John of the Holy Apostles. And I go to this place and I go to that place. And I go down to the Kingdom Hall and I go to this and that. And I'm a Seventh-day Adventist and I'm a, uh, you know... 
whatever. It doesn't matter. Put it, fill in the blank. And you say, what else? I've had people tell me, well, I'm a Baptist. So what? There's a lot of Baptists that are lost, that have never been saved. doesn't matter. And you, you find out, you dig a little deeper, and you find, okay, and this is a follow-up question to that. When they say, I go to church, I say, okay, when was the last time you went to church? Oh, I haven't been in 15 years. Aha. Uh -huh. You see, and that's just a cop-out. They just want to get you off their back. But you have to dig a little deeper. Just because someone says they go to church, you don't give them a, a ticket out and say, okay, they must be saved. No. Do not assume that they are saved. Uh, you say, what do you have to do? You have to ask them if they died right now. Are they 100% certain of where they would go, where they would spend eternity? That's a better question. And uh, if they are not certain of where they're going to spend eternity, present them with the Bible facts on salvation and leave the rest to God. Amen? Not everyone that you meet will be responsive. If you come across a hard case who refuses to listen uh, and doesn't want to hear what you have to say, uh, just like, like, like the Bible says there, Mark 6, 11, shake the dust off your feet, try to leave a good testimony with them and, uh, and, and do that. Now, if you have the privilege, and, and many of you have, if you have the privilege of leading someone to Christ, be sure, this is a good, good thing to do, be sure to get their name and their address and help them get in a local Bible-believing church. Because you, as a spiritual father, um, have birthed them into the body of Christ. You've, you've, you've helped them, uh, like the Apostle Paul said. Um, and you've, you've helped them to get on solid ground. You've helped them to get saved. And you then are to nurse them. The Apostle Paul, that's the terminology he used. And uh, you nurse them a bit. And you say, what is that? What does a nurse do? She, uh, I understood this phraseology when I came to Australia. That's where you carry that baby. You nurse that baby. Uh, in America, it's a different terminology. That's, that's where you feed them. But in Australia, you nurse the baby. You hold them on your side. You carry them around. You look after them. And you say, what do you do? Call them up in a few weeks' time. Invite them out to church and, and help them to, to learn about eternal security. That's one of the first things I do with someone after they get saved so they understand uh, that principle. And then I tell them what God expects of them is to come to church and be part of, the, uh, part of the assembly and not to forsake the assembling of themselves together so they can grow in Christ and tell them those things. But in the excitement, you say, what, what you, you can often forget to get their name and their address or their mobile number to stay in touch with them and keep up with them uh, and try to lead them on, hold their hand in the Lord. Amen? All right. Well, that, that brings us to the close there of the lesson on Tell the Good News. I've got a few questions here for you. Just a few questions. So the first one is this. Should a new Christian want to tell others about, their sal about his or her salvation? Should a new Christian want to tell others about his or her salvation? Say, so what's the answer to that one, Pastor? Yes, you should. Amen. All right, number two. According, according to Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30, the Bible says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is blank. What is it? You fill in the blank. Proverbs, according to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is 
wise. Amen. All right, number three. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, Ye shall be, fill in the blank. Just one word. Ye shall be witnesses. Witnesses. Amen. Just like when you go in a court of law, witness. And you just tell and see what God's done in your life and how he saved you. Amen. Now, number four. Name one popular way of presenting the gospel to a lost sinner. Name one popular way of presenting the gospel to a lost sinner. We went over the verses. We looked at it. Popular way. See, what is that? The Romans road. The Romans road. Number five. If a person goes to church on a regular basis, should you assume that he or she is saved? Should you assume that? Should you assume that someone is saved? No, never. Even an open Bible Baptist church, somebody's been coming along for a few weeks, a month, uh, you ought to be careful as God's people. Say, hey, just wanted to ask you, can you tell me about your salvation testimony? And when someone starts saying that they were born a Christian or that they had this in their life or that, it's, it's very telling um, about their testimony. And you'll, it'll be revealed through their testimony a lot of the times that they're not truly saved because they're trusting the wrong thing. All right, number six. Should you try and force someone to pray or to be saved? Should you try and force someone to be saved or to pray? Should you try and force someone? Absolutely not. No, you should not. Number seven. What is one of the things you should help a new Christian do? What's one of the things you should help a new Christian do? Well, the very last thing that we talked about. Say, what's that? You get their name and number. This is not to answer the question. You get their name and number, your address, but you get them, you try to help them get in a local Bible-believing church. Amen? Try to get them in a local Bible-believing church. And the verse for this week in this lesson is Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Memorize that verse. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right, now that concludes our service for tonight. We're glad that you joined us and uh, ask God to we'll encourage the Lord to bless you as you go through this week to be a faithful witness and tell the good news to friends and families, uh, to your friends, to your family, and to the strangers around you to be a faithful witness and to listen for the Lord's leadership. All right, we'll stop right there for tonight, pick up uh, next time, but let's go to the Lord now in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Lord. For